0: Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by Leverage, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez.
1: What is up, podcast listeners? Cam Martinez back here with you, bringing you another incredible episode of the Six Figure Roadmap. I am here with Mr. Dave Evans. He is a good friend, mentor, My business coach and is the founder of RLC Global, aka Real Leadership Coaching. He's the author of Leadership or Leadership, co investor of, co inventor of Firestarter Business NLP in just two days. He's an RLC Chief Leadership Disruption Officer. He's a passionate Scott Ironman, extreme endurance cyclist, husband, father, and pops of two grandchildren and all-around mentalist. He's in charge of creating best version businesses and people. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Mr. Dave Evans. How are you, sir? I'm in pretty phenomenal form, Cameron,
0: and I love that intro. Uh, and, and I'll do some coaching on how you say the word disruption <laughs> next time around.
1: Yeah, sorry. Wasn't, uh, I haven't heard chief disruption officer before, even though you probably told me in the past. Yeah, but I'm excited Good to have you on here. I'm excited for all the insight that I know that you can share with uh, the audience today. So, my first question to you is: What is real leadership coaching, and why did you start it? Uh, we started it for two reasons. Uh, we live in a world live today
0: where there is a leadership deficit. That leadership deficit shows up in our communities, shows up in our schools. Shows up in our educational system, shows up in our clients, shows up in global politics today like never before. And i um, give you a quick example, right? In England right now, in the UK, there's political unrest, there's European elections taking place. And you can see all of our politicians are more focused on their own personal political agenda versus the future of the United Kingdom, which is one answer are we going to be in brexit or not right are we leaving or staying and rather than deal with that big answer and yes it's not as simple as this they're putting their party priorities ahead of everything else that is pardon to the listeners leadership right <laughs> leadership is putting your agenda behind the organisation behind putting your second to the organisation you're leading or building and actually focusing on the right things in the room so uh, I wanted to address that by igniting real leadership in as many businesses as we can
1: around the world, one person, one town at a time. Ah, That's incredible and probably very relatable to people in in the UK. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge, huge uh, talking point right now. I know that when I was out in Mallorca visiting you guys, it was something that you guys were addressing quite a bit. So hmm. um, I love the... Definition of, of how you separate leadership and, and leadership, which is the good and the bad, if you want to put it in simple terms. Yeah. Um, and something that I have completely bought into and is something that has helped me grow as a person and our company grow. Um, so to that, I say thank you. Um, pleasure. And thank you
0: for having us here, by the way. It's great to be here talking with you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Very excited to have you on here. So, what are Because you're just so full of insight and and information, what do you think are three key items people should focus on in their business when they're trying to bridge the gap from where they are to where they want to be, either to consistently hit six figures in their business or to consistently show up as a good leader uh, to their employees, to their customers? What What are three key items you would tell them to focus on? Well, let's, let's start
0: with the biggest of all of them, the best version business framework, and then let's work back to that from two other answers. So answer number three, and in no particular order for these two, so three or two, you could switch either of them around. Get rid of the clutter in your life and in your business. What is all the stuff you're doing that adds no value at all to a single focus of success? and most people cameron and anyone listening um have it in 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 abundance you know things they don't even realize you know how they start their day how they start their week how they finish their week how they set goals in their life or none you know or if it's just focus focus is okay you know i, I meet people all the time who tell me how busy they are and i believe that busyness as a as a description when someone says to me as a coach i'm so busy it means I'm so busy, I don't know what my focus is. And uh, the amount of professionals we work with who are busy all the time, and I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So get rid of your clutter. Become really narrow in your gaze. So that's number three. Number two, okay, is to have the conviction to say single-minded in the things you're gonna go after. You really do have to have um, an obsession about what you think is possible. And those close to you who really uh, love you, maybe support you, could at any point talk you out of your obsession. They could talk you down off the ledge where success is. And you've got to hold your nerve for that. And let's talk about that best version business framework. Now, as you know, Cameron, it's an RLC process. It's an RLC product. If you actually don't know, right, what your single picture, many leaders today talk about um, their vision of the future. They talk about their idea. What I see in America particularly is lots of people ask this question. Hey, what's your vision for the next few months? That is not vision in leadership, right? That's having a single picture, something that we all can know, interpret, and understand, and work towards, which allows us to do what this produces Leadership rule number one, which is an, it's probably the fourth one, Cameron, I'm sorry. But model the leadership behavior. You ask of the people you lead, right? Tomorrow, you're going to ask them tomorrow. Model it today, yourself first. And I'd like to just say to young leaders out there, don't ask people to do things you haven't perfected or even begun learning yourself.
1: Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely does. And something that you've, you've taught me to follow very well and something that I have done my best to, to spread to my team, to our company, to our customers uh, in, in proper leadership, which is why we keep shifting so many different directions because we're trying to get it right to Mm. deliver the best, uh, the best version business (laughs) framework, everyone in our organization, from the, from our customers to our, our teams, to management, to executive level, um, Leadership is in every aspect of, of what you're doing as a company. So I love that. From your many years of, of coaching and, and being in the world of growing businesses and helping others become the best version of themselves and, and the best company that they could possibly create, what's the most common element or theme that holds people back from getting to where they want to be uh, either in their personal lives or, or reaching a certain benchmark in their business? Well, I think
0: personally, and and from a business perspective, they're almost the opposite, right? So um, in your personal life, you could have what we classically call a paradigm, right? Paradigm is one of these leadership phrases that was invented many decades ago that we all know what it means, this set way of seeing something. But a personal paradigm can be more of a, a belief limiter. So we just might not know. And... Because you don't quite know, you might not do it, right? I was listening to a guy the other day, and, and for those of you listening, if I can't remember his name, he's going to kill me. We were at this brilliant event over in uh, um, the Soho Farms with GQ, and this guy that swum around the whole of Britain, right? And um, that's 2,000 miles. That's 157 days. And all he talked about, he talked about in some incredible stories, but he talked about... Every day when the tide was at the right point and his captain of his little boat said, right, (laughs) it's time to swim for six hours, he talked about every day, even though he completed it, he had a choice whether he dived in or not. And sometimes personally, you don't know. So you might even get to a place where you think you do know, but you still might not actually do the darn thing. And, And therefore, personally, it's the opposite of in business. Whereas in business, what I find is people start to form opinions. And instead of it being a belief issue, they start to have opinion issues. And those opinion issues become so rooted and strong, they stop seeing what could be possible. And therefore, these opinions get in the way. I was out cycling today, and I was, I was listening to a song, and I wish I knew the artist. And um, But he says, why is it I'm the only one who gets in my way? And I thought, what a fantastic lyric from a song because it just it's where both worlds beat in the middle, right? And so uh, that's what I would say is the thing we see a lot of. Um, and then it's coupled up in both spaces by a single word beginning with C. People in both camps don't commit to the change they desire. They don't go all in. They don't go, I'm, you know, that guy jumping in the water every day, right? And there's a story he tells about having a jellyfish stuck to his head and he didn't even know. He just thought he'd been stung more than than normal. And he swum for six hours with his jellyfish still on his head, right? Because it came down to a choice and a commitment that he'd made. And I I think both, both parties here, so both scenarios, personal and in business, if we all sorted out our commitment, Cameron, and we were really clear, both personally and in the business world, about
1: what our absolute commitment is, we would achieve an awful lot more man, that's incredible commitment to the change you want to see, yep, ah, oh, love it, so powerful, and so simple. it is you know think about it though, be careful because people who give up
0: things aren't bad that are bad for them. let's say it's smoking, right, and maybe they don't make the hundred percent all out commitment right um the risk with that is you can do ninety days or ninety minutes or nine hours and you'll think you've done well right and then you'll generate the circumstance to revert back to where you were and then validate it to yourself both in both worlds though so if you're talking about change management and cultural change in companies right when people prefer the way it was before they recreate a crisis to flip it just because they liked it and what we forget to ask is if you flip it back to the old culture, no one says, what was the motivation or intention of me doing that? What was the feeling I had about the old one that I liked, uh, that I need to find in the new one? And suddenly, if you did that, you could have taken the new one on. And I wonder how many people over, over the globe lose their jobs in big transformations because they desire the old world more than the new. And there's nobody asking them or helping them say, what was the intention of that feeling of the old one that you could find in the new one and joining those two things up and then you can do, okay, what's my choice? What's my commitment to the change? I want to see.
1: Man, that's a powerful message. Actually, people who revert back to the old way of doing things because it was comfortable Yep, and not finding that silver lining, if I may, in the new version of themselves. Hundred percent, huge. What do you see being the number one most important aspect of business and personal growth and success in the next twenty-four months? Because I know that's what you love. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's
0: there's two possible answers to this because you've mentioned twenty-four months from the business framework, and that's the amount of time that we take when we when we set big, massive, strategic outcomes. For a company, we look for four and we look for those four over a 24 month track. And that forces them to be bigger than the amount of time you've allocated, which means you've got to think bigger, bigger decisions. And there's a whole process that comes out of that. But I think that there's two things, right? There is a reason today why the Fortune 500 companies and there is a reason today why the FTSE 100 in the UK and other European successful large companies are doing away with classic management appraisals. There's a reason for that. And there's a recognition today that I think that's more important than ever before. And there's three things that people have become aware of. Number one, okay, is embrace mindfulness. Embrace caring about your people properly. Embrace, are you all right? It's okay to ask that. And so, therefore, if I'm not going to ask you, Cameron, and say, are you all right?, What's also going to happen is you're going to come and tell me eventually when you're not, right? And genuinely create that connection. The other thing is to prioritize skill development, right? So if you're going to embrace mindfulness properly and you're going to create opportunity for skill development, which means I taught you a new skill in my company. Say you work for me, Cameron, and I, I taught you a new skill. It's brand new. You've never done it before but I'm going to see you through perfecting that single skill until it's an asset to you. I'm going to help you side by side because the third part's coaching. I think we know more than any other time in this world. I I read something the other day that the coaching industry is going to triple. It's already a multi-billion dollar business. They think it's going to triple three times in revenue over the next five years due to the demands we're placing on employees, leaders, managers all around the world, where I think people have to work with less resource, less time, and with greater expectations like never before. But I think over the next 24 months around the world, those three areas are going to become really important. Now, what are the Fortune 500 doing? And what are the FTSE 100 doing? They're giving every colleague, right, every employee, 10 minutes of their time a week. And you split that 50-50. Are you all right? And what skill can I help you with? You know, Stephen Covey said many years ago, if you get people to achieve their goal, they're more likely to help you achieve your goal. And there's a little bit more depth to that. And you should definitely read that classic stuff of, you know, the, the, the seven habits of highly successful people, which was brilliant in its time, right? But what it's also highlighting to us, if I really care about your goals, and I don't mean your job goals, your KPIs, your metrics, about what's important to you in your life, And you're willing to tell me that. And I genuinely commit to helping you. You're going to create a connection that's going to transform your brand, whether you're a small firm or a big one. It doesn't matter.
1: Ah, Incredible. Helping them achieve their goals so that they can, in in return, help you achieve yours. It's It's such a simple concept. And giving your undivided, present attention to the people who matter most in your life and in your business will create that. Love it. Ah, huge, huge lesson. I, before we talk about this thing, I got hold, I'm holding my hand yeah, right now in yeah. your book. I have some rapid fire questions for you. All right. You can either answer them in a one sentence format or <laughs> you can elaborate on them, whichever you so desire. All right. I'm just going to go based off of, of how you decide to answer them. Okay. Number one, what is one non-negotiable habit you implement every single day?
0: Uh, starting my mindset up every day, like you would starting your car up, starting your computer up. Every single day, I program my subconscious so that when I need it, it's programmed to be at its best when I need help being at my best.
1: Love it. What is one book you wish everyone in the world would read?
0: Oh, uh, Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning.
1: On what do you like to spend your time and money outside of business? Even though I know the answer, share it with our audience. Yeah, um, I have three quick answers uh, cycling
0: uh, and lovely bikes. I'm very blessed to have two glorious road bikes. Uh, traveling and eating. And thirdly, spending any spare minute I have of any day with my glorious
1: wife. Uh, in the beautiful location that you're in, Mallorca, of course. Yeah. Yes, Mallorca, Spain. I, I had the pleasure of being there. Number four, what is the most memorable experience you've ever had? Actually, it's quite soppy. I
0: apologize. Uh, when I married Debbie, um, she looked at me um, in, my, in my eyes that day at the, at the wedding, literally listed the vow moment. and She was genuinely terrified, and she was scared, and she was uncomfortable, and she decided to trust me. And, um, and I don't think I've had a single moment in my life that's ever topped that single moment when she decided to do
1: that it's incredible i'm sure she will watch and listen to this and would love that answer
0: and kill me probably yeah
1: <laughs> last one you're stranded on an island who are two celebrities you would want to be stranded with oh
0: celebrities oh very interesting um do they have to be alive cameron no okay uh, i'd probably like to know who, what was going on with Kurt Cobain. Kirk um, because uh, he not only was talented, but look at all the talented people he was hanging out with. Um, so, <coughs> Kurt Cobain. And I think um, there are oh, there's, there's so many. Um, I, I would love, uh, who would I love to hang out with? Hold on a second. I, I actually, yes, Ricky Gervais. Um, he impressed me recently, impressed me on how he articulated brilliantly some of the issues in the world at this event, we were a privilege to be at. We got to see him close up for an hour. He was extraordinary in how he articulated it. I think he would be hellish fun.
1: Awesome. So I want to get into your book now, Leadership or Leadership, Leadership or Leadership, Challenging the Beliefs That No Longer Work. Will you give a brief synopsis of the book and why people should read it?
0: Um, I, I, I'll start with the why, because um, not why I wrote the book, but why people should read it. Um, I gave this book to really critical people to read. And uh, there were three particular people. I, I, I'll tell you who one of them was. I remember when I gave Debbie the manuscript of the book and um, off she went to read it. And she reads so many books that um, I remember a couple of hours, which is a real selling clue, A couple of hours it took her to read it, um, she came back and said, that's really all right. And I was such a relieved man. Um, but when I contrast that to other people that have read it, people who who really do uh, run massive jobs, right? Big executive jobs, who, like Debbie, have read loads of books, they all came back and said, um, it's actually really good. I'm going to read it again. Now, that's, that's why I think one of the reasons why, another reason why is that if you're serious about learning, if you're serious about learning and doing, if you're serious about learning and doing and putting things into action, if you're serious about learning and doing and putting things into action and then learning about the results that you get, then you should read the book. If you're someone who likes to read, acquire knowledge and do nothing, don't bother. I don't need you to read it right? But what I do need, uh, because we challenge everybody in the book, you read a chapter, as you know, Cameron, you read a chapter, and we want you to think about what's the application of that chapter. And it's actually, there's a page just for doing that. We want you to think about how you're going to challenge yourself and change, what you're going to commit to. We also want you to think about teaching and transforming others. So if you're not going to do that, don't bother, don't read it. You're wasting my time Resting our energy because what I do know here's a what answer for you it's like a jamboree box full of sweeties that you could be blindfolded and stick your hand in like this and go, Oh, what can I get out of there? Oh, it's a Sharpie great brand, by the way. We're not plugging it. Uh, purple, wonderful pen that, of course, as we all know, Sharpies smell great. Um, but the thing about that is there's so many goodies in there and tools for all kinds of scenarios. Um, that it's worth a read. And if you like cycling, of course, there's one or two cycling fables, and uh, not fables because they actually happened, um, as all the thing, in, everything in the book, everything you read in there happened. And then another reason is there are three CEO friends of mine who give some really candid feedback about leadership in a real way. Um, and then, you know, Dr. Lee Valens, who, who is the CEO of a hospice, and she's an incredible woman, and you've had a chance to meet her via video, albeit via texting. She could never get the tech to work properly, but uh, incredible woman who always wanted to be the CEO of a hospice. And her calls led passion and political mischiefness is changing the face of how that's done in the UK. People like that are in there sharing insights that you can't get access to usually. So those are just a couple of reasons. Um, But leadership or leadership is asking you a question. The question is this. Are you a leader who talks a good game? Are you a leader that says you do things and you don't? And everyone that works for you knows that you don't, right? It's also challenging the way the world is. You know, if you listen to the media and believe that things that the media says about people, I would fix that tomorrow. Do you listen to social media and believe what social media says about people? I would change that tomorrow because, you know, I met some celebrities recently and I, even I had fallen into the trap, Cameron, of uh, having a view of what the president said. And then I met this amazing individual going, they're not like any of that. So again, we go to school and we teach this map of the world. that's grossly inaccurate and we take it as true. How much are you dialing into in the world you're part of and you're assuming it's true? And therefore, you're not aware of what's actually in front of you, and you're missing opportunity because of
1: that. That's another reason why you should read the book. Love it. All of those things are very true. You will get all of that and more inside of the book. One thing, quick story from my experience with the book. Thank you. Yeah. uh, Because it was so relevant to my life reading it after, like literally two days after I was out visiting you in Spain. Yeah. We were writing this. Route uh, called Salcalabra. It is a very very tough route to ride. I had had some uh, unnecessary pain on the ride prior, the day prior to that, and I didn't complete the big ride that I actually intended to go out and visit you to Spain in Spain to ride, and it was because uh, the the pain was pretty unbearable, but I was also you know, I didn't commit to finishing it because I felt like I wouldn't be able to or bear the pain. And after reading your book, you tell a story about how you were in Colorado cycling Mount Evans, and yeah. you couldn't even breathe. Which I know is a very serious thing. Being from Colorado and in, and watching people come to Colorado who who aren't used to the the um, elevation, you literally couldn't breathe. You were unexperienced on the route. You didn't have enough fuel, and you ended up finishing the Mount Evans cycle the the ride which is pretty extreme and i was thinking to myself this is what dave means by true leadership are you someone who does what you say you're going to do are you someone who commits to doing what you say you're going to do and it had hit a very uh personal pain point in my life because i didn't finish the very tough route that i could have and should have um like you did in the book. So it's it's awesome. There's just little stories like that that you could probably <laughs> yeah. relate to in your life. We are going to put all of the resources and the link to the book in the show notes. Uh, you can find them. You can find the book on Amazon. You can find them on um, Dave's website at rlc.global, uh, RLC. correct?
0: I don't know. You changed the domain. We've changed the domain. I have, to, I have to ask Debbie to check and put it in. But let me, before we do that, the book on a Kindle is free. You can actually go to Amazon on Kindle and get it for nothing. Um, there you go. Because it's, it's, this is not a commercial product. You know, I'm not going to be an author millionaire overnight or ever until we launch the next 10 or 12 of them, right, which are coming. But from a, uh, if you just want it on your Kindle, it's free of charge. But I'd like to comment, if I may, before we do the website. And that is, um, you see, the reason why I got up Mount Evans and I know you know this, but if people don't know this, is I failed on Mont Blanc six weeks before, and it really hurt. And I didn't realize at the time, and Mont Blanc is 338 kilometers. You've got 19 hours or 17 hours to do it. And it's only 600 people that entered that race. And and I went along with my four buddies, and we all assumed we could just fight our way around because we're strong mentally. And I've got through some pretty harrowing experiences in the past where I've overridden my mind and my body through skill and technique and practice, be able to do that. But no, I got the norovirus puking up and all that other stuff and sunstroke and all kinds of other issues, 60 miles in. And I learned for 40 miles to quit, but I felt like I didn't get my scalp, Cameron, right? I felt like I was, it was taken off me. So when we came to Colorado and I was speaking at a conference because people do hire me to talk around the world, the subject was altitude. And my motivation to talk about altitude was to go and experience what it can do to you and find a way through it. And as you know, uh, so, but what is all that about? The circumstances before the ride caused a problem because I had experienced failure and having to commit to failure because I had no choice. But then what I also learned was that if I'm gonna take this Idaho Springs from the main road down there up to the top and back, ride on with no climatization, I only had one decision. Am I committing before I go? And my talk at the conference was riding on it. So there was no choice, right? There was no, oh, well, well done. You did 75% of it. And a bit of feedback to you. Cyclolobra here on Mallorca, by the way, it's a beast of a climb. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the only thing that gets better on Cyclolobra is gradual incremental improvement of time and how quick you recover at the top afterwards, right? It is what it is, and it's nasty, and that whole it's a beautiful part of the mountains. The, the variation in, in the eco structure in Mallorca, the, the way it all—it's—it's it's incredible scenery, as you know. Uh, but S'Acolobra is not for the faint-hearted, as anyone who has cycled it will tell you.
1: Yeah, I can attest to that for sure. <laughs> so. That is Dave Evans. You can uh, replay this episode on Facebook. You can listen to the podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Just search for Dave Evans. He's the Scottish ball guy who is normally wearing a kilt, cycling around the world or enjoying the beautiful setting that is Mallorca, Spain. So Dave, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. I have one more last question for you. Yeah. Is there a last piece of advice that you would give to the people listening today? I think you need
0: to sort out your daily routine, and uh, many of us drift along, and we don't take it seriously. So you know what are the five or six things you do every day at the start of your day and at the end, and two or three things at the end of your day that you close your day off at? If you haven't sorted that out, I would st- I would sort it out, because we we live in a world where we are bombarded with head trash opportunity, through media, through, through these wonderful devices, and I've got to say they're brilliant enablers but they fill us with so much trash in here. And if you haven't got a good startup sequence to your day to get your mental prowess, mental elasticity ready, and your focus in your life just to do one thing, Cam, enjoy the fact you're alive today, right? And that you've whatever, wherever you are in the world, you might not have that choice, but just enjoy the fact that if you're listening to this, it means you're in the top 5% of earning in the world, right? And you could be working in McDonald's thinking, well, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, right? You're at the top 5% privileged in the world, right? Whatever that job is. So just by getting your startup sequence right allows you to stop and think long enough about the things you could just be grateful for. But it's not about the gratitude. You can read about that by many other great authors. It's about your startup sequence to your day is the lifeblood of the success you dream about. It's worth getting right.
1: That is incredible. I haven't heard you talk about that before. I appreciate you saving the value for the podcast. So that is Dave Evans, CEO or Chief Disruption Officer of Real Leadership Coaching. My name is Kay Martinez, and I hope that you gain some knowledge and insight today that shows you that anything is possible and will help you craft your roadmap to six figures and beyond. Cheers, everyone.
0: You've been listening to The Six-Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it.